Welcome to Boom Talk Studios. Fox trotting in a foxhole. Season 2. Episode 27. Number 58 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Yes, indeed. Wonderful day out here in South Eugene. Nice 78 degrees. Definitely a contrast from some of these temperatures that have been in the 90s. As always, we thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the music that we use during the uh, podcast. Thank our sponsors for the support, the generous support they've been able to provide to us. Also, thank the folks at Road and Zoom for providing those wonderful tools for content creators on a shoestring budget. All right, folks, let's get rocking and rolling. You know, obviously, this is getting the slow time of the year. Got a lot of the beautiful game life going on. This was a big night in the Gold Cup. Canada just took care of Haiti 4-1. The United States and Martinique is getting ready to tee it up here shortly. I'll be giving updates throughout the podcast, as I normally do, just so we can timestamp these things when you're actually listening. Get a sense of what's going on in real time over here. Well, folks, let's get to it. The COVID Chronicles. Well, well, well. You know, I'm always talking about that pesky COVID. Always starting the show off with it. As we like to say, still in the nightclubs, still in the arenas, still in the concert halls, at the beach, in the classroom, everywhere. And, you know, it's more or less those who were vaccinated and those who were not. And there's a lot of people, obviously, that aren't. And right now, we're entering kind of a, a crisis with this Delta variant. I mean, I just found out a little while ago that L.A. County is reinstating mass compliance indoors. You know, this is after California being opened up, you know, pretty much since the middle of last month. And because of the alarming number of cases associated with the Delta variant and, you know, the deaths, it's, we're, I mean, you know, you think we've turned the corner with this, and, you know, and it's still, it's basically unchanged in my opinion in a lot of ways. Sure, the numbers aren't as bad as they were when you're talking like February, March, you know, well, mainly March, April, 2020, you know, what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, you see that LA County's basically saying, you know, if you're indoors, you need to wear a mask. That, that tells you something. And no surprise, our outline's kind of thick this week as far as what, you know, the COVID Chronicles heading. So let's talk about the Olympics here real quick. Speaking of numbers spiking, the number of COVID-19 cases in Tokyo has reached a, a six-month high. The games are around the corner. We told you last week, Japan has basically enacted a state of emergency. No fans at the games. And quite frankly, I'm really concerned for the athletes, given that COVID is really spiking out of control over there in Japan right now. In fact, British tennis player Dan Evans, he's out of the Olympics now after testing positive for COVID-19 as Bradley Bill for the United States of well, the Washington Wizards. But 
Yeah, he tested positive, or he's in the quarantine health safety protocol, which tells me he tested positive. And anyway, he won't be going to Tokyo to play with the USA team. A lot to talk about there when we get to the NBA beat. Let's see. Speaking of the Olympics, you know, the Winter Games, because of the way things happen, they're pretty much stacked on top of one another. We're going to get done with this, and then... After football season, we'll be looking at the Winter Olympics. And what Chinese officials are telling us right now, in spite of numbers spiking over there, <clears throat> big surprise there, won't go too deep as far as that goes, but they're saying that the games are still on track despite rising cases in that region. Keeping an eye on that as we move into fall and start thinking about the winter sports. So crazy stuff. As far as the Gold Cup is concerned, Garazzo could not participate and had to be replaced. I think it was with Guatemala because they had uh, quite a few numbers of positive cases within that squad. I can also tell you that the USL's Oakland Roots, a very interesting team, really cool to see happen over, you know, watching that club go from the beginning. And now actually, you know, having enough juice to be in the USL championship, I think it's only its second year. Told you about some of the mishaps they've had getting to the gate, you know, some of the problems with the turf. Well, they have to cancel their next two games because they're dealing with an outbreak. Once again, as we talk about every week. Crazy when you think about how many people that are vaccinated, but it also tells you a lot about who's not. And seeing that we're having such issues within, you know, the sporting community, and we've talked about this previous, don't need to get too deep in that, you know, the choices of what athletes are making as to why or why they are not vaccinated. I mean, and there's just, it's all across the board here. You know, the Yankees and the Red Sox game postponed tonight. There's three positive cases with the Yankees. This is really intriguing because, you know, the Yankees had a, an outbreak earlier this year. You know, where their manager, also Mr. Boone, who was fully vaccinated, came down with COVID-19. Anyways, this is another outbreak. The game with the Red Sox is off. Not sure what the future is like. This has just kind of come down this afternoon, and I've been in meetings and conference. So it's even amazing that I'm getting this podcast out right now. But yes, once again, the Astros, Carlos Correa, entered the league's health safety pro protocol. There's three Phillies that entered over the weekend. Zach Johnson withdraws from the open after testing positive for COVID-19 last week. And Bubba Watson also didn't make the trip to Kent, England, Royal St. George, because he came in close contact with somebody who's been exposed to the virus. He's fully vaxxed, but he does not want to take the chance of infecting others. I'll thought well, Bubba. Now, I guess we got something positive we can finally add to all of this madness. You know, we've been speaking forever about Canada and its very cautious approach to opening back up, which has meant that its teams that play in the leagues in the United States, they've been playing their games on the road. So what we can tell you is that at least as far as MSL, I mean MLS is concerned, that Toronto FC and Montreal have been given the green light to play games at home. I don't think it's happened for Vancouver yet, but that's kind of a positive sign that things are moving forward there. Although, as I was, you know, ch checkered through this quick run of the COVID Chronicles, 
that we're having that the sports world is still being hampered by this. And I mean, that's something else I'll mention in the next segment, but I'll get to, I'll wait for that. You know, I don't know what to really say about this. Um, you know, we don't really want to get too deep as far as the, you know, why you should be vaccinated and why you shouldn't, you know, I mean, that's for somebody else's podcast, but, you know, I think that when you're in a situation where teams are, you know, at 80, 90% and a couple aren't, and they all come down with it and they are position players or key players in whatever sport we're talking about or an individual, you can derail things. And... I think the, the, the interesting thing that's going to really come to light here is what kind of strife this is going to cause in locker rooms, you know, the, these, these, these personal decisions. And especially, you know, when you're in the heat of competition, we're really fortunate, even though Chris Paul obviously missed a couple of games in the previous series with the Clippers. I mean, now we don't know what all the details are there, but the fact that he was out a considerable amount of time kind of, Tells you what's up there. Um, yeah, you know, it's a choice, right? And, but I think when you have depend, other dependencies, you know, i.e. people that you play with, I feel like you have a certain responsibility. And, you know, that's no guarantee that you're not going to come down with this. And maybe, you know, because of the reactions that people have had to, you know, the, the three different types of... Uh, vaccines, whether it's Moderna, Pfizer, or the Johnson and Johnson, that, you know, that may interfere with their training regimen. But if you get sick, you can't compete for a, a period of time anyways. So I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's really becoming complex. We know we were hoping that, you know, this would be less of a thing, that this segment would have been something else by now. But this segment's going to be here for a while. I can already, I can already see it. And... You know, the, the, with the Olympics, good there won't be any fans, but you're still going to have a lot of folks coming into contact, you know, and Japan's been pretty good as far as turning people away in the, uh, in the respective countries as far as monitoring that. But you know there's going to be, you know, a CF that comes out of all of this. Uh, football, getting college in the NFL, getting ready to head back to camp. You know, and we've talked about, you know, the folks like the Montez Sweats and... Uh, you know, what's-his-face, Cole Beasley, you know, their adamant stance on why they don't want to deal with it. You know, we're talking, these are pivotal players. Anyways, we'll be keeping up with what's going on with that pesky COVID, eating the clear and cream, getting drunk on the HGH, <laughs> and the Diana Ball, and all those wonderful things that seem to make it stronger. All right, folks, we got some things to talk about on the other side when it comes to the 43,000-foot view over campus. Be back momentarily. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here with the weekly dive into what's going on in the world of sports. Alright, got my adult beverage, a tasty... Oh wow, I was looking out the window. because Somebody's wife's looking pretty good. Sorry I have to say that, but it's true. 
Um, yeah, uh, I got my cool sunglasses, got my easy squeezy, not my favorite brand of the, of the two town cider, but yeah, you know, we're sipping on that. Um, got my bike back after it got stripped down, so got my cool hybrid, definitely got my cool sunglasses, don't have my skinny jeans in my pajamas, but uh, I'm ready to hop on the uh, Gulfstream 550 and take a, take a high view over campus. And yes, this is a slow time of the year, so this segment will probably go pretty quick. But it's not without some kind of bombshell being dropped. And I haven't had time to distill and analyze what Mr. Emirate, yes, that Mark Emirate, head of the NCAA, had to say. And this is very fascinating, I might add. I mean, I think those of us, and I've told you more times than you probably care to hear or remember, you know, this is something I've been following for many, many years and I have lots of opinions on. But I think it's funny that he comes out and says today, now is the time for schools to consider and implement a decentralized and deregulated version of college sports that shifts powers to the campuses and conferences. What do I say to that? I say, really? And me, don't come out on the side of like, yes, I'm going to lead us through the forest when you knew this was going to be coming all along. And now that you've got a Uzi and a sawed-off shotgun pretty much pointing at your face representing the future, and the future is now, in the words of the legendary George Allen, <laughs> um, yeah, of course you're going to say that because the NCAA is pretty much toothless now that we have acknowledged the money part of it. We've acknowledged that student athletes are going to get compensated one way or another. I mean, what kind of regulation is there really? I mean, I mean, I don't even know how you enforce anything. I mean, I think, you know, I'll explain a little bit more as we get deeper into this. But yeah, I just think it's hilarious. I mean, I get it. You might, he's got to come out and say something. But, you know, this sort of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I tried to warn against this, and now I'm going to lead everybody out of the forest. I mean, what kind of role do you even envision for yourself, Mr. Emirate, if, <laughs> if all the power goes back to the universities and conferences? I mean, there is really no need. Beautiful to see the American Outlaws in full force tonight in Kansas City for this big match. Looking forward to that, by the way. We'll be keeping an eye on that. But yeah, I know I get distracted when I see good visuals as I'm watching. But yeah, what kind of role is there for you, Mr. Emirate? I really want to know. And, um, you know, if he'd come out and, and been a little bit more level and just say, you know, we're entering, you know, a very difficult time of adjustment, I might have been able to digest that more than just this way of like going, oh yeah, you know, when you give the power to the, to the campuses and in the conferences, I mean, they already have that, you know, why? I mean, pretty much when you walk in the room to address these folks, they tell you, hey, where are the Dunkin' Donuts and the coffee? Two sugars and the cream, please. Because... I mean, you have no voice at this table at this point, not with the revenue sports, especially when we're talking about the Power Five. Um, you know, we've talked at nausea what this means for everybody else that's not in the Power Five. Okay, 
Now, back to what I was saying, you know, this is sort of an addendum to the COVID Chronicles. I try to keep the what's going on in the rest of sports and college separate. And so I thought it was interesting that Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, what a name, huh, for, for a commissioner? He's urging all student-athletes to get vaccinated, saying that we can't mandate every students to do that, which is kind of interesting about the whole thing with student with universities, kind of some universities requiring students to be vaccinated if they're going to be on campus. I've been following that closely, so I don't know if there's been some challenges to that. But I, you know, once again, I think the team concept, you know, not only protecting your loved ones and others, but your teammates. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into the, well, why you should be doing it. I mean, it should be pretty obvious, but I do respect if you have reasons, whatever they may be, you're choosing not to, but it doesn't really hold water with me when we're talking about team sports and the kind of responsibilities that go with that and the common goals that we, that you set out to. And, you know, somebody kind of bucking the trend and possibly, you know, derailing the train Especially, you know, if you have numerous people who are not vaccinated, now all of a sudden you're missing your offensive line or your receiving core. I mean, you get the point. So it's going to be interesting because I'll be drilling down more into that aspect of how it's going to look like moving forward. Because like I said, we've got, you know, schools who are you know, at one point, we're saying, you know, you have to be vaccinated to be on campus. But I always wondered how that would stand up legally. Speaking of the Big 12, they also have come up with something really interesting. They say that they're going to crack down even more on taunting this season. So, for example, you know how the teams in that conference like to do the horns down whenever they're playing Texas? That is now a no-no. Taking the fun out of everything, aren't they? Okay, so we talked about Reggie Bush a little while back. What about the Buckeyes, the, t the Tattoo Five? You remember way back in the Trussell era how they got their wins and their accomplishments stripped. I mean, Terrell Pryor being, you know, the most famous among that group. They want their wins and, and records restored now that we've had a change of heart how athletes can be compensated. You know, we've talked about this before, and it bears repeating. I don't know how you go about this, because I feel that the rule was this at this time. It kind of sucks for you. I don't think we can retroactively go back and say, well, it's cool now, so all is forgiven. It's like at the time, it was wrong, and I think it may still be wrong, but, you know, that's neither here or there now that we're moving in this direction. And I don't blame them, but at the same time, I'm not having, I'm not one of these people who's waving the pom-poms out there saying, yeah, man, you know, we need to just, like, right the wrongs, because it was wrong at the time. You know, whatever your opinion may be on this, this is a tough one. You have an opinion on that? I'd love to hear it. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Drop me a line. Or uh, if you want to come on the show or the other podcast, which is really starting to warm up. Okay. What else is going on high above campus? I think it's kind of interesting that Larry Brown at 80 is joining Penny Hardaway staff at Memphis. 
kind of cool that at that age he still wants to deal. I'm sure it's more of a advisor consultant role, kind of like what Jim Herrick does at the beleaguered Cal State Northridge, which I was telling you about last week. Um, yeah, I think it's you know it, it, it's kind of cool to see Larry still being part of the game. You know, if he's got his marbles about him, I mean, what I mean, what better consigliere? <laughs> look at you, you can't even pronounce it now. Consigliere, just like Michael says in The Godfather when he, when his dad sort of assumes that role before before Vito passes away in the sad scene in the garden. But yeah, having him on staff to advise is going to be, I think that's a good thing. Be curious to see what Memphis does in the years to come. Excited for Penny. Okay. More players are opting out of the draft to return to campus, which is really interesting. I think, you know, a liberalization of the rules on the one hand, but also earning opportunities is really changing. You know, that Somebody can go out there and put their toe in the water and say, well, you know, I don't want that second round money, but I can come back and, you know, make some, you know, some scratch on campus now. Interesting times we live in because it kind of used to be like, you know, you can't wait. And, you know, and we've talked about some of the alternative leagues that are incentive laden as well. So great landscape going to be looking forward to talking about it you know over the next year or two longer right i plan on doing this podcast for a while so heck yeah um okay let's talk a little nft news or nil it's getting crazy people so masterpiece son hersey miller who's at tennessee state HBCU signs a $2 million deal with Web Apps America, a tech company committed to supporting HCBU leaders. Because so I'm thinking Tennessee State, you know, but $2 million, okay? I know a lot of clout comes with being Masterpiece Kid, but the idea of people being able to make these deals in college while the rest of the student body population is on ramen. What? Because they won the genetic lottery? They should have an opportunity? It, there's just something about this that's just wrong. As I told you about some of the deals we saw last week. I mean, $2 million. This is Tennessee State. You know, unless you're getting, you know, lucky and, you know, NBCSN or one of these networks is, you know, or ESPN is flowing you a game, what kind of exposure are you even getting? Yeah, $2 million. You got Trey Knox in Arkansas, you know, pimping out his dog and being able to sign a lucrative deal with PetSmart. Speaking of Ohio State, you've got their lineman, Dewan Jones, signing a deal with a candle maker. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on where, you know, I mean, I don't begrudge or belittle that these guys are able to make money. I just think it's fundamentally wrong, you know, when it comes to what a university's mission statement is. And now it's just... I don't know. I mean, how does how does the, how does the middle or little guy even compete? You know, you may at least some of these schools may have you know a cool benefactor that's willing to help them out, but in the big picture, I can't think this is going to end well. Just can't. Um, I mean, I would think if the student body, if they're not too busy, you know, on their phones or you know on TikTok or something like that. Would want to stage a revolt. I know if I was still in school, I'd be up there talking all kinds of nonsense. 
I mean, and you know, I, I'm always going to be torn by this because of the fact of the, the amount of money the universities make. But nobody's putting a gun at your head either, making you pay college, you know, play college sports. Tough one. We'll be getting to this more. I'll have some people on, I promise, here, and we'll actually debate and have some intelligent discussion about this. Because as we get closer to the regular season and, you know, we get more uh, transparency into what's going on with all of this, it's going to be some fascinating stuff. And, you know, it could be good or it could be bad. All we know is we'll be here to talk about it. All right, folks. That, that's it. Well, that's um, the segment went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to, but it was fun. We'll be back with something you should probably know on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trying to Get a Foxhole, Season 2, Episode 27, Number 58 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. After USA misses a free kick that yeah, it looked like it was going to go in there for a half a second, then reality set in. It is Martinique 0, United States 0. We are now entering the ninth minute, first half. Okay, it's time for that feature that we love so much. Something you should probably know, or just a window on things you might want to know about. I thought it was interesting. We talked a little bit last week about Shikari, Shikari. Well, 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 the Let Shikari Run Petition. This is a couple of days ago, so I don't know. It reached its goal of obtaining 600,000 signatures. Of course, it's not going to be, you know, so far there's been no movement on that as far as letting Shikari run. I think that the USOC is going to be pretty firm about that. Although I don't think the discussion ends here necessarily. I think there was something that's in, in, the, in the long term, you're going to see something happen different here. I don't know, globally, where some countries just aren't... Um, as liberal when it comes to marijuana laws, how that's going to fly. But, you know, I still think 600,000 people took the time to uh, sign a petition to get Olympic action. But it doesn't look like anything's going to happen there. Okay. Uh, you know, another thing that really cracked me up, and I still don't have all the details, and that's probably a good thing. You know, we talked a little bit last week. You know, in previous weeks about Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols and Jalen Rose and Stephen A. Smith. Well, apparently ESPN is going to have a town meeting to address racial issues that people of color encounter there. Hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know the, the, the work culture at ESPN or the environment, but I do know that Lots of people, including the people I mentioned, others like the late John Saunders and the late Stephen. Uh, <laughs> I just saw this. Like, Stuart Scott, excuse me. I just saw something so funny on the TV. 
Uh, right, uh, stage still, Carrie Champion, Jamel. It's hard for me to think that, you know, given the numbers proportionally at other networks, the ESPN really needs to have a town hall to address this. I mean, considering all the people, all the talent they have cut, you know, maybe people of, of another persuasion should be saying, hey, you know, what the, I don't know. It, it's been an interesting four or five years over at the mouse as far as it continuously, continuously remakes itself. And, you know, I don't know. It's taken it, 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 on almost a form of insanity to me, you know, and overthinking things. Long several to come. I'm sure there'll be more to that. But it was also interesting that a federal judge in New York nullifies Baffert's suspension that we were telling you about. It's like, hmm, what kind, what kind of boat trip and uh, mint juleps, you know, got to soften the judge up on that one, Bob. I knew you'd find a way to weasel, it, weasel your way out of it so you could race in New York. Crazy stuff there. But not surprising. You know, given uh, sn Snakey Bob, but I just thought that was interesting, and I'm sure the judge is a, is a horse racing aficionado and felt Mr. Beverett was getting done wrong. Yeah, okay. Talking about Mr. Djokovic, won his 20th Grand Slam title, tying Nadal, Nadal and Federer, could win a calendar slam. First uh, time that would be done since Rod Labor did it in 68. The one at the U.S. Open later this summer. We're finding out today he's also going to compete in the Olympics. So he could have quite the trophy case from 2021 when it's all said and done. And the way he's playing, I don't see anybody beating him. So, cool. The other big event over the weekend. Ooh, we don't want that. We'll have our, our, we'll have our outline disappear from us. 13th minute, still 0-0. Zero, zero. The United States is threatening. Connor McGregor. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he breaks his ankle in part three of his tr trilogy with Poirier. First round TKO. Very classless in his post game, his post fight comments. You know, going there, family members and wives, and just being Connor. And then. He comes out today and claims he came into the bout with multiple stress fractures in the leg. And he says that the UFC knew this and let him fight anyway. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a silence because my head is exploding and I don't even know how to, to even converse about this. So had you won, you would have sold it as, yeah, dude, I did it on one leg. But it sure is convenient, you know, when you got your ass kicked. Of course, by coming up with this excuse, maybe you can weasel your way into another payday. And the USA are on the board. Oh, yeah. 14th minute. United States 1, Martinique 0. All smiles there. <laughs> but, yeah, I, Connor, seriously? <laughs> I, You know, I wish my man... Cooley Walker, my UFC a correspondent, which I haven't talked to him in a while. I'm just going to get him back on the air when he comes back from Mexico. So I think that's where he's at over the summer. 
Um, we got to talk about this Connor situation. It's just, yeah, I, they knew about it. So, I wonder what the, the, the fight officials in Nevada are saying. I wonder what Dana has to say about all this. Yeah, it's just another Connor being Connor. And Connor, who knows how to make a dollar in this lifetime. Boy, he's working it. Took, took his cues. And, of course, my man Daryl DK is the man who scored the goal. Can't believe he wasn't on some of these previous squads. Guy's the real deal. Go to rock and roll in Europe, by the way. But we'll talk about that in the Beautiful Game Life. All right, enough about Connor. Let's talk about the Open. Mentioned earlier about the guys who pulled out. First round today. Was kind of up early in the morning, catching a little bit of it. But man, you know, I was in meetings all day, pretty much from nine fifteen to like four fifteen, just wall to wall meetings. So I didn't get a chance to dive too much into the open. But I can tell you that Louis O'Season, Louis O, as I like to say, his minus six is good for the first round lead. The silent assassin, Mr. Jordan Spieth. And another American, Brian Harmon, are right there at minus five. You have two others at minus four. I think Ward Simpson's one of those. Of course, we're talking about my man, Bryson DeChambeau. Well, Bryson, for some reason, we can't go a week without him somehow making some kind of news that's not related to what he does on the actual court. Yeah, big surprise here. Now that we're in merry old England, <laughs> You know, first, Brooks Kepka just says, you know what? He's fair game keeping their feud going. He said that I, I tried to get a truce with the guy. We agreed to it, and he broke it, so it's fair game. And, of course, you know, the situation with his caddy. Now he's got now he's cranky because he was like 1 over 71 today. So he blames it on his driver, Cobra talking about how how crappy the driver is. And now he's run afoul of the folks at Cobra who did the finger wag back at him just like going, really, bitch? <laughs> Pardon my language. But um, yeah, you can imagine that. <laughs> the sponsor's just like saying, hey, sunshine, you dial it back a little bit. You gotta say, the guy's good copy, man, you know? <laughs> All righty. We'll be telling you about what happens in the next three rounds. I'm sure anything those two have up their sleeve as far as keeping in the storyline when we, when we convene again next week. Tell you that NASCAR stop in Atlanta. Kurt Busch wins, beating his brother Kyle. Wonder what that was like, you know, with those two. Or did Kyle just say, all right, Kurt, get some love and do a block for you. Didn't get a chance to see it, so I have no, I'm just, I'm just guessing just when I looked at uh, the stat sheet. As far as, uh, let's see, we got any F1 news? Yeah, we got a little F1 news. F1 announces a scholarship program for underrepresented groups. And it's quite a bit of money they're talking about throwing towards trying to get more people of color and other and diverse backgrounds involved in the sport. Obviously, you know, Lewis Hamilton being in the face, but then again, after that, what do you have? So, you know, I hope the effort is sincere and the money gets there and people do get opportunities, you know, to, to follow their dreams, to be a part of that circuit. I think it'd be a wonderful thing. Talk a little WNBA on the way out. 
Vegas and Seattle are top of the power rankings. Last night, Team WNBA beats Team USA 93-85. Makes you wonder about, you know, we'll bring up a little bit of this in the next segment. The world catching up. Alrighty, folks, we will be back with the NBA beat on the other side. Welcome back to Foxhole. <laughs> Fox trying to get a Foxhole. Season 2, episode 27. Oh, adult beverages making me too happy. No, it's actually because Daryl DK scores again in the 31st minute. USA 2, Martinique 0. <sighs> Daryl DK is about to get paid, people. And we're, we're glad to see it. So let's get to the NBA beat and let's rock it. So when we last left off, the Suns were in command, up 2-0. People talking sweep, talking the Bucks wouldn't even, you know, make a whipper. And what we say, series doesn't begin till the home team loses on its court. Well, that ain't happened because in game three, Gianna sizzled while Book fizzled. Bucks take game three. So as they say, now we have a series. 2-1. Last night, Giannis and Middleton combined for 66 points, and the Bucks even the series. 109-103. So what happened? Booker bounces back, while CP3 goes MIA. 15 turnovers in the last three games. Hmm. Remember what we were talking about last week when, you know, I brought up the whole Chris Paul revisionist take? And, of course, if they go on to win this series and he has a couple of games like he did in the Clippers series, I'll have to shut up. But for now, that he's gone in the cooler, looking every bit of his 36 years of age, turnovers, you know, can't buy a basket. I don't know. Bucks, the, the Bucks may be able to win this series. In fact, I am in agreement with folks like Rick Booker who think if the Bucks somehow can win this next game in Phoenix, this series is only going to go six. However, I do believe the Suns are the better team and they will figure out a way to get this thing done. But it's probably going seven. And it's so weird with the Bucks in terms of what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get out of Giannis. Some of these guys on the road, not so much. But that said... I forget who it was who said it this morning. Um, I think it might have been um, when I was watching First Take and somebody was bringing up the fact that the Bucks have not really played their best yet in this series. And I think if you're a Phoenix fan, you should be concerned about that. All right. We'll see what happens in the, when the series resumes. Meanwhile, as we get ready for the Olympics, as we were talking about in the COVID Chronicles, what is going on with Team USA? Lose to Nigeria, 
who previously, as we know, have beaten them by scores of 50 or close to 60. And then they fall to Australia, 91 to 83. They beat Argentina 108-80, but the point is, in the last 50 years, I think they've lost three exhibitions. They lost two within 48 hours. Do the math. As the world finally caught up, are these guys sandbagging? Or could it be possible that the world, when I mean the world, the basketball, the NBA world, has gotten tired of a Pops act, and they're just tuning him out? Of course, Larry Bird just says, stop worrying, folks. They aren't a team yet. Things will be fine. Obviously, you're going to be down Bradley Bill. <sighs> the world is catching up. But still, we have the best basketball players. So if they do not get it done in these Olympics, even though I don't really know how much these guys give a squad at this point, I know that, that they're there, but it makes me wonder if they're going through the motions. What is the fallout going to be? given the amount of people wanting to see America fall on its ass, going to be interesting, you know, the fallout here and throughout the world if they don't get it done. And right now I'm not convinced. Yeah, because the world has caught up. There's a lot of talented ballers out there. And I do believe Pop and, you know, being the Oracle, it's wearing on people. And, you know, the tough guy Sarge thing as well. We shall see. Okay, the other thing going on in the NBA that's of note, the ratings. They're still bad. Now, I know we've talked about the China money, which takes some of the pressure off, but you still want this product to be viable in, in the home country. And there's some debate about that. And I think Mr. Silver should be extremely concerned. What does the NBA need to do to regain some of its popularity? Well, cut down on the messaging, but I think they've done that, but the damage may be done. And I think when you have a situation where the Eastern Conference was Milwaukee and Atlanta, you have you have Phoenix and the Clippers, you have a problem there. No Lakers, no Golden State, no Knicks, no Philly. I mean, I've said, I we, we appreciate new blood but it, right now the timing is just it's just adding to what i think you know the nba having a, a perception problem right now and why it, fans are turned off and these matchups aren't doing anything to help that um i don't know what you do to, to, to turn off people and i think the people have been trying to turn people back on and i think you can overcome that but you must get, you know, the, the younger audience that you're targeting to somehow put down their phones, get off TikTok, go to games, and actually watch. But, you know, with DVRing or whatever the case may be and the popularity of soccer and other things, folks just aren't jiving to the NBA right now. And it's a, I think it's a major problem. Um, you have any suggestions of what Mr. Silver can do as far as the... It, boosting the NBA's popularity and not relying on that China money so much, drop me a line, ftinfx at gmail.com. Um, let's see what else is going on here. I guess Mr. Kawhi had surgery for his torn ACL. No skip. He wasn't gold-bricking on you. He was actually hurt. So what's next for him? Does he stay with the Clippers, or does he boogie on down the road because it's the Clippers? 
My guess is, since he grew up in L.A. and he is that guy who wants nothing to do with the Lakers, that he would like to be the one to sort of upset the apple cart and bring some champagne parades to, to Clipperland just to shut the obnoxious Laker band of freaks that we are, because, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Lakers fan. I get it. Well, we'll be following that. Of course, let's talk about some lunacy here. What about this noise about Dame Dallahalla for Ben Simmons? Where do the people come up with these scenarios? Why the hell would Portland ever make that trade? I mean, unless you threw in a bunch of draft picks and some other cool things, why? I mean, I know that Dame is having some contemplations, but I still believe that he wants to remain in Portland. But I think he's just telling management, yeah, I'll stay here, but you need to put the pieces around me so we have a chance to compete. Because, you know, he's looking down the road and seeing, oh, you know, I'm getting tight with Bronny Braun, playing with AD. I mean, I don't know how the Lakers could ever make that work. But there's Dallas, there's all kinds of places. But I just can't see a deal like this. Pure lunacy. Lunacy part two. Reports being that, that the Lakers are, are exploring ways to bring Lonzo Ball back. Why the hell would you do that and have to deal with the man? I mean, if it didn't work the first time, why would it work now? Wow, we've got some problems here. Let me take a quick pause. All right. Had a power problem there. Um, Yes. Lonzo in L.A., I think he's prospering over in New Orleans. He may be moved somewhere else, but I think getting him away from the limelight, especially giving his dad an opportunity to, to be part of the show, didn't work once. Don't think a few years that have passed by and having another successful son of the league is going to change that guy, especially because the first thing he'll be saying is, I told you all, I told you all. Okay. Another interesting move as people are talking about, the Bulls and the Knicks apparently are interested in Dennis Schroeder, who apparently, he kind of says he wants to re-up with the Lakers, but he also ex wants to explore his options. That's why he turned down the possibility of making some good money. And now, after flaming out in the 2021 playoffs, I'm really surprised that people are interested. I don't know. It's hard to like be too hard on him for one bad playoff series, but I say you have an opportunity. You bet on yourself. You could be making some fat Mac money, but instead, but nonetheless, it seems like the Knicks and the Bulls want to take a fire. And I know the, the, the Knicks have already had some success with the Laker leftovers with Julius Randle. So we'll see what happens there. Wonder what's going to happen to Orlando with Jamal Mosley taking over. Can he reverse that franchise's fortunes? As Orlando has been pretty boring in recent years. Good luck to him there. We'll see how that goes. All right, we'll be back with some NHL MLB Roundup on the other side. Welcome back to Fox trying to get a foxhole.
Oh my. How did he blow that opportunity? Well, he was going to have a hat trick in the first half. Yeah. So at this point, in the 43rd minute, it is still USA to Martinique Zero. Okay, let's talk about the night full of diamonds and let's take a trip around in our Zamboni around the ice rink of life. Well, 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 we know that the situation with Trevor Bauer getting more and more murky, getting more and more, if you're a Dodger fan, uh, concerning. Major League Baseball has extended his leave of absence. As we keep saying, when there's that much smoke, it must be some fire. I know the DA hasn't made a decision as far as what's going to happen there, but the $48 million man, and if I could just backpedal just for a half second, probably longer, that contract you signed, I mean, you know, we all like to get our foot on and whatever constitutes getting your freak on. But why would you put yourself in a position when you're making that kind of scratch? You know, I have purposely tried to avoid getting into all the details as, as to what. That's not my responsibility here. I'm not, that's not, I don't care about that kind of stuff. But I do care when you're making that kind of money, seeing the rest of us, you know, we're doing what we can to keep our eyeballs above the water. You, you know, you get yourself in a situation like this. Dodgers don't know what to do. MLB doesn't know what to do. They're kind of just hoping that somehow the DA says, yeah, we don't have enough evidence. And if there is, they're going to come down hard. And I'd hate to think that you squandered a great opportunity like this, let alone the possible jail time you might be facing, depending on how severe this is. Not a good situation there. Then we have Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, that's Stephen A. Smith. In hot water once again. This time over the modern Babe Ruth, Mr. Otani, kind of talking about not learning the language and having to use an interpreter when you are the face of the, the, the sport right now. Oh, well, people got really cranky. Some people came to defend him. Some people were wondering, was he going to get suspended? I think he'd get suspended. Um, well, in this time of politically correctness, um, yeah, he's out of line. But then again, I get it, you know, in the sense of that baseball and, you know, trying to, in a, in a, like the NBA, trying to regain some popularity. You would like to see, you would like to see, you know, some of the foreign players pick up. Like when I heard Killian Mbappe's English. Now, don't get me wrong for saying what it is English only. No, but I don't think Stephen A. was that far out of line. Just saying that hey, this guy is the face of your sport. You know, this is a, a sport that has been lacking in popularity, has been lagging with faces of color. It would be nice to be able to hear the guy, understand the guy without having an interpreter. I get the outrage, you know, from a certain char characters, but it's not a hanging offense to me where well, he should be fired. We've had enough of him. I'm not in that camp. Um, he said what he said. He apologized. I didn't think he needed to apologize for that. You know, right? It's just an opinion. And I think we're all allowed to have that. Um, you know, didn't say anything about the man's race or heritage or anything like that. Just like saying, hey, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, 
You know, he's got sort of a point. But, you know, in this day and age, you know better. Just because you're Stephen A. does not mean you are immune from sticking your foot in your mouth. That's just me. Okay, what do you think about MLB wanting to invest $150 million if to go towards the development of black players and professionals across the sport? I think it should be for, all, for people of all colors and stuff like that, but I think it's, once again, as I was saying with the F1 thing, if the money goes to the right place and this isn't just talk and, you know, another way of people to line their pockets, you know, with there's certain foundations or what, whatever the hell you want to call it, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, obviously any opportunity, I mean, I've been, you know, like someone like myself or somebody else, you know, they can have a chance to get into broadcasting management and for the players as well, as far as getting more, not just African-Americans and people of various, but all peoples of color, definitely, you want to see them represented, especially, you know, American kids. It is the American pastime. So, you know, more power to them. Another cool thing that's coming out, not surprising, is people getting really irritated, especially with the seven-inning doubleheaders. And, you know, the gimmicky, starting extra innings, the man on second base. But baseball reportedly is going to ditch the pandemic rules in 2022, and I, for one, am quite happy about it. Damn straight. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. I got it for last year in the 60-game season. Thought it was utterly ridiculous to have it carry over into 2021. But I'm hoping that it is on its way out. Just And hopefully you can kill the idea of moving the mound back to 61-6 while you're at it. Okay? Let's not get too cute and novel. The big news this week was obviously the All-Star all -Star break, which means... You know things are bad when the home run derby now overshadows the game itself. I mean, I didn't even know what day the game was, right? But because Otani was in the home run derby, which was won by Pete Alonso, I might add. Otani fizzled out in the first round. But the amount of buzz, because like I said, he is Babe Ruth, and I'm t if you aren't following this guy, you need to check this out. You want a sense of what Babe Ruth was like and what the hype which was truly deserved, watch this cat, because this is the Babe Ruth in, in modern times. And the amount of buzz that he was able to get into the home run derby, which has pretty much been a ho-hum affair for a long, long time, pretty good stuff. I mean, Twitter was ablaze. The actual game itself, which the AL won, again, topping the, the NL, the senior circuit 5-2, you know, and nobody said a damn thing about the game, which tells you if I, I had to dig and find the result. I didn't even know when the game was. I'm sure it was the day after, but just to show you. And those uniforms. I mean, I've seen T-ball uniforms that were more interesting than the crap these guys wore. It just, it just makes you wonder, what is the purpose of this? I get why, you know. You know, Mr. DG and, uh, and Mr. Altuve and others just said, FYMF, I ain't got time for this. <sighs> yeah, those uniforms are really bad. But also the fact that, you know, when I was growing up, the Midsummer Classic was something we all tuned into. But it, it, there was literally no, nothing about it. So, Yeah. All-Star Game has seen better days. When the home run derby gets more 
more buzz than the game itself. Not a good thing. Pete Alonso repeats as home run derby champ, as I said. Cool stuff. Okay. Last thing we'll close out with. Well, there's a couple of things here. Let's talk about, we'll go back to the ratings thing. And I thought this was interesting that the Euros, we'll talk about that next in the beautiful game life, had much better ratings than the Stanley Cup playoffs. So what is that saying about the popularity of hockey at this point? And, you know, and as I said about Mr. Silver, what does Mr. Bettman have to do? Now I get, you know, demographics have changed and hockey only appeals to a certain crowd, but the team's spread all over the place. And to see the Euros, I mean, have significantly better. And mind you, the Euros are in the daytime, okay? You know, when people are supposed to be working. You know, I know obviously the weekend numbers are going to be good, good anyway, but still, it's early in the daytime, not prime time. Trounce the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, I know the Stanley Cup playoffs being not on regular network TV anymore and being on NBCSN, that all factors in, but still, it's a Stanley Cup. Okay, speaking of a Stanley Cup, we you know, didn't get too much into the Lightning going back-to-back, which is something that doesn't, hasn't happened too much in recent years, especially in the last 30 years, you know, after you know the runs that Edmonton, the Islanders before that, you know, somewhat the uh, Penguins. You don't have too many people that repeat. So are, do, do the Lightning need to win a little bit, win more, do a three-peat before we consider them to be one of the great teams? Or are we saying that, hey, going back-to-back in this, you know, in this era is something to take note of? I, mean, I know because it being Tampa Bay, and if it ain't, if it ain't Tampa Bay, you're only going to talk so much about it. Like, you know, the Rays have been good, but who... Who's saying anything about them other than, you know, the baseball tonight and MLB network crowds who know about these things? Um, anyway, I think the NBA, the NHL, they got some work to do. And, you know, the beautiful game is charging. And that's a great segue because on the other side, we're going to talk some beautiful game life. Welcome back to Fox Trolling in a Foxhole, Season 2, Episode Number 27, Number 58 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Yeah, let's talk a little beautiful game life. USA 2, Martin Nick 0 at the break. So we'll start off with the crazy season. You know what I'm talking about the transfer window where all the intrigue and suspense happens. During the summer months, of course, this is obviously an interesting year with all the international competitions. So there's a little bit more news about that than the actual craziness that goes along with the transfer window. And nonetheless, the messy watch has come to an end as he is in the final stages of signing a five-year deal to re-up with Barcelona at a reduced rate. I don't know what that reduced rate is, seeing that he was making $673,000 a season. But all the wonder whether he's going to end up in Paris, Man City, MLS, that's all over. Did the right thing, stayed with Barcelona, even though their financial woes may prevent them from putting the kind of team together that will give him one last shot 
at winning Champions League before his career is over. But he's he's around for five years, so they've got time to write this ship. And uh, we'll get into a little more messy in a minute. But uh, kind of curious there. The other big news as far as the crazy time goes, the Pogba watch. Told you that PSG is interested. Manchester United wants him. It wants to retain him. Juventus is now throwing its ring in the hat. Um, yeah, it's going to be curious about that because going him going back to Juventus, definitely know if he goes to PSG, they, with all the settings they have, they better win UCL. I mean, it seems that that's a good destination, but I don't know how the numbers would work, even though I know Paris has done some wonderful work this summer getting you know some big catches on freeze. And if they can sell some players, but still, I don't necessarily know how that that's going to work. Another crazy move will be, and I don't know how that's going to work, and I, everybody keeps telling me that Mr. Haaland wants to stay for one more year, but apparently Chelsea is now trying to throw some players and some money around to get this to happen this summer. Be keeping an eye on that. And the crazy rumor for today would be Mr. Lewa, that's right, that Lewandowski, that goal-scoring machine, formerly a Borussia Dortmund, now rick-kicking serious ass at Bayern Munich. Those are rumor of having him go to City. I'm not seeing it. That's why I just call it crazy talk as far as that goes. I just don't see Lewa going to the Premier League, although it would be interesting as hell to see him playing for City. Not buying it yet. Okay. Let's talk a little MLS real quick before we get to the good stuff. Um, power rankings this week. Seattle still unbeaten on the top. No surprise there. The Rebs at number two. Um, good grief. Who's number three? Somehow I, got, I, don't have, I forget who number three is. Doesn't matter. Galaxy Sport. Well, Galaxy's four, Orlando City's five, Sporting Kansas City's number three. That's obviously. Galaxy's at four, Orlando City's at five. Okay. We have one game due to the Gold Cup, and it was the, the, the Ohio battle, I forget what they call it. But it was pretty cool to see FCC, that's FC Cincinnati, who's been pretty woeful. In its time in MLS, because you know they were a USL squad before making getting granted an expansion franchise. They p- played 2-2 with the crew, giving the crew all they wanted as the crew had to fight to scratch a draw. Some good things happening over there in Cincinnati. Okay, as far as the Copa America goes, speaking of Mr. Messi, so we got the dream matchup. Mr. Messi and... Mr. Neymar. Mr. Messi wins 1-0, finally gets his international trophy. Beautiful scenes of joy everywhere. The, the soccer community was just beside itself, heaping praise all over Leo as he finally gets this trophy and gets that monkey off of his back. Of course, on the other side of the, the coin, boy, the press really likes the Neymar slander. Neymar was obviously emotional in tears. And FS1 milked every bit of it. It was just like going, really? Give the guy a break already. He's one of the more talented footballers of this generation. Yes, the theatrics can be annoying. 
But come on, man. I thought the Neymar slander, especially from some of the pundits, you know, saying he's bad for the game and all this other stuff. When the guy, yes, there's theatrics, because I know being BSG fan, the guy gets mauled every game. So, but back to Leo. It, it was a cool scene, you know, watching his teammates. It's also cool to see him, uh, Neymar's teammate, Angel Di Maria, score the score the decisive goal. Got that. Uh, wasn't so sure on the offside as far as Brazil goes. I would have loved to have seen that go to, to extra time and kicks. Didn't quite go that way, but congratulations to Argentina. Major moment for Messi. I mean, his 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 fanboys and soccer fans in general. It, it was a good, it, it was a genuine heartfelt moment to see all the outpouring of of happiness for him. Way to go. Okay, hold on one second. All right, I had to make an adjustment there, especially as I'm about to talk about this. So the Euros came to a very climactic conclusion. Uh-oh, and just as I say that, the USA scores again. It is USA 3, Martinique 0. We're in the 50th minute. Okay, the Euro final. Italy and England. It's coming home. It's just not coming home to where you thought it was going to be. Uh, what a thrill! What a, what a thrilling climax to what was a fantastic tournament. The world was watching, watched parties all over the place, and there was one here in Eugene. Uh, yeah, people talking about it. I mean, I know I, I was in a shop, and some guy just goes, "Oh yeah, you must be talking about you know the match." So I mean, it was a major event. Obviously, played 90 minutes, went to extra time, and ended up on kicks with England missing three penalty kicks in a row. So Italy wins 3-2. Thought they were the best team in the tournament, but, you know, all the jokes about England aside, they did themselves pretty proud in this tournament, I think. And I know it was a major disappointment to the, to the folks in the U.K., and you can see it all over the place, just, you know, from, from folks. And I know I get really cranky at England at times. But, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, and, and pounce on them for the team itself and the effort. The fans, on the other hand, all the because the three guys who missed the penalties happened to be black. And all the race, racists being racist. I mean, we've had four arrests already in terms of people spewing hate speech in, on the various social media platforms and all ugly defacing the mural of uh, good grief uh, Rashford you know so you know there's a lot of ugly stuff there I mean it was really good the soccer community got out in front of it and, and other athletes but still it just you know for all and this is why you really when you know the English get all high and mighty, and it's sort of like, you know what? You all got issues, too. And it sure came to the forefront in terms of some of the disgusted behavior. I mean, I, must, I mostly muted it. As soon as it went down, I just go, this is going to be ugly. I'm going to try to ignore as much of it as I can. And, of course, you know, the fans just act in a fool, right? You know, I, it just, I mean, the, the, it was like 264 rest. You saw some of the scenes people of, of, of the violence. 
towards people of all kinds of work. And there was all kinds of domestic violence issues. Really ugly situation. You know, I know this was a big moment for the Three Lions. You know, and they came up short, but there was no excuse for some of the ugly scenes before and after. I know some people wanting to crash the party and be involved. But, you know, I saw some other stuff. I mean, what was the, the one athlete who said he got accosted and his one-of-a-kind Rolex was lifted from him and, you know, just straight up, you know, douchebaggery, shithousing, whatever you want to call it. It's just like, you know, uncalled for. Definitely a black eye. A lot of that, go a lot of that going around everywhere. But that said, you know, there was some great scenes with the fans, you know, that, that were actually behaving themselves. And, you know, it was a good display. It's unfortunate that it has to be marred by, you know, people illing. So, anyway, race is going to race. Races are going to be racist. Talk about the Gold Cup. Started out really crazy with Mexico and Trinidad and Tobago playing to a 0-0 draw. Speaking of fans, El Trey fans off the chain as usual, misbehaving. Got to get rid of that chant. We've already talked about that. Don't want to get too deep as far as that goes, other than it, it's got to stop or, you know, these teams are going to start getting penalized. You know, and I know that the, fan, the, the fans of, you know, the Mexican national team who aren't down with this kind of stuff are really getting fed up with it. Right, because it's just a bad, it's it's just a bad look, and it's uncalled for. But you know, once again, you know, getting into the whole cultural norms thing, and you know, it's all good when we sit there and be high and mighty about it. But actually reversing, you know, the mindset is going to be a little bit more difficult than a lot of the folks that would like to see things change. It's not going to happen that quickly, but it's got it's got to happen. You know, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it as far as that goes. USA won its first match over Haiti. Haiti lost again tonight. Canada beat Martinique, who the USA are playing. Jamaica and Costa Rica also pick up some wins. Mexico topped Guatemala last night to get on the winning side, so it seems like things are going all well there. So the USA is up 3-0 in the 55th minute, so all's going well there. And okay, I'll close this segment out with, I got to see... You know, one of my favorite little pastimes now locally is the USL team, the, U the, the Lane United Football Club, the Reds. They closed out their season with a thrilling draw, you know, with uh, the Alliance. Down 2-0, gave the fans a great send-off by rallying to get the draw. Got one more game tomorrow night against the, the Timbers 23, who ended up taking the only playoff spot, you know, from the Northwest Division in the upcoming USL2 playoffs. It's going to be an Oregon Cup, an Oregon Open Cup, which the Reds will be in later. All I can say is for us, for you local fans, you might have missed out this year, but definitely take advantage next year, especially while the Reds are still playing at Civic Park in, in town. It's a great experience. I really think people should take part of it. I had a blast this past year. You know, hanging out, meeting some new people, and just taking it all in. You know, one of the better ways to spend a summer evening in Eugene, you know, especially if you like the beautiful game. All right, folks, we will be back on the other side with the NFL report and some TMA time.
during that adult beverage, allowing for a few extra notes to get in there. Yes, USA is in control, even though that would have been a heck of a galazzo if the kid from Martinique had been able to connect on that. Okay, we'll start out with the NFL report. I have a somber note to report. Um, Alex Gibbs passes away at 80. I always like to bring up Alex Gibbs because as people who know me and my NFL fandom, what I think of Mike Shanahan and how he's overrated and gets far too much credit, Alex Gibbs passing is one more note to me of that. I always said Dan Reeves built these teams and the uh, and the cross blocking scheme that he came up, which allowed Terrell Davis to rush for bunches of yards, taking the pressure off of L.A., was more the brainchild of Alex Gibbs than it was the great genius Mike Shanahan. I don't care how many people flip that guy's boat. I'm just not going to buy the whole genius level that's been associated with him. I think guys like Dan Reeves and Alex Gibbs helped that happen. Oh, yeah, he did so much in San Francisco. I go, the San Francisco was loaded. You know, I watched his sorry ass, you know, in D.C., and that tells me all I want, I need to know, and his overrated son. But anyways, our condolences go out to Alex Gibbs' family, Bronco, Bronco fans, anybody who knows why the contribution that Alex Gibbs did to the Bronco, you know, did for the Broncos' success. That's all I can say. Okay, what about my man, Dickie Sherman? Woo-wee. Before I get to Dickie Sherman, Mr. DK has his hat trick in 58 minutes of play. USA 4, Martinique 0. Mr. Burkhalter is smiling away in the 59th minute. The American outlaws are drinking their, American, their uh, adult beverages. Good things. We like to see that. After a couple of years of frustration, it's good to see the United States national men's team getting it on. Okay, let's talk about Dickie Sherman. In deep, deep, deep doggy do. All key. Lit up like Christmas. Wrecking a car and walking away. Getting in fights with the in-laws and just being all ill and being put in cuffs. Of course, he was released on a whole on a, on a Nobel thing, but you know, that's for somebody else to argue. But I'm wondering... You know, how does he screw out of this? How are they going to treat this? Because this happened up in, in you know, Seattle, because he's obviously still got residents up there. Um, is this the end for him? Or teams going to look the other way and just say, like, someone like Jerry Jones, like, yeah, yeah, it happens. Come play for us. But it's not a good look right now for, you know, the outspoken Mr. Sherman, Mr. High and Mighty. Like I said, all keyed up. Just acting a fool. We'll be following this, and we'll try to, like, see what the outcome is. Boy, <laughs> that guy's such a... Yeah, go figure. Then, of course, you got my man, Mr. Dwayne Haskins. The trouble Dwayne Haskins, trying to get a new start in Pittsburgh after flaming out in the nation's capital. Well, apparently, the woman that he's married, and was his girlfriend at the time when he got in trouble with Washington... She apparently, I guess he might, I don't know, I can only speculate, but she went off on him, got facial lacerations, knocked out a tooth, and she's up for DV charges. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, can this guy just stay out of trouble 
And okay, I wonder what he did to piss this woman off because obviously, and obviously, if she could knock out his tooth, she's she isn't a woman to be messed with. Yeah, 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 Dwayne. Mm mm mm. Uh, I know it seems like we're all over, you know, the uh, jurisprudence side this week on the NFL report. As I said to my brother Jeff, I was like, well, when people are acting a fool and making the police blotter, that's a sure sign the 2021 season's right around the corner. Uh, the Falcons terminate Marcavius Mingo's contract after child indecency charges. We don't want to get too deep as far as what that actually means. His lawyer says the team rushed to judgment. Maybe so, but when you're talking about indecency with a child, there's not a lot of leeway there. Pretty much they're going to cut bait. You know, if you get vindicated, you'll be somebody else's problem. But, yeah, you're talking about a child. Don't know what the circumstances are. Didn't want to read too deep into it. As soon as I saw the child indecency part, I was just like, oh, good grief. But I think it's interesting. There's lawyers out there trying to call the Falcons out about how ludicrous it is. Don't know what the circumstances are. We're trying to figure out what what's going on here. If, if it is a, a case of injustice or, hey, this guy never played a doubt again and he's going to have to worry when he goes to the big house. Crazy stuff there. That's kind of interesting that speaking of what I was talking about in earlier segments, speaking of adding, you know, people of color personalities, apparently ESPN is in talks to add Robert Griffin III. That means his playing days are coming to an end. Get his voice on there. Be kind of curious to see what he brings to the table. But if that is true that ESPN is interested, good for him. That somehow he hung on, you know, got a few more years out of it. If he gets a TV gig, more power to you for being somebody who didn't quite live up to the hype and the potential that we thought you were going to bring to the table. Keep an eye on that. I think another interesting thing that comes out today, NFL pledging $4 million for the study of preventing and treating hamstring injuries. Wow, why it took you so long to like put the money into that? Seems like that should have been a no-brainer long ago. That's just me, but I like you know that in the interest of safety and prolonging careers that the NFL is to being trying to be proactive. As always, you never know what's window dressing and what the money actually is going to go to, what kind of difference it's going to make. But, you know, we're going to try not to be so negative here. Oh, let's say we have a penalty awarded over here. And Martinique has a chance to get on the board here in the 64th minute. And they do. It is 4-1 in the 64th minute. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. So let's talk about, speaking of Dwayne Haskins' former team, the Washington football team comes out this week and says they will have a new name in time for the 22 season, and they will have no connection to any native imagery. So you folks thinking warriors, red tails, probably even red wolves and stuff like that, probably not going to happen. You know I'm hoping they keep it the Washington football team, but we'll see what happens as far as that goes. We know that... When the 22 season starts, the permanent name will be in place. This is what's coming from the brass. Our weekly look at the at the Rogers watch. Adam Schefter claims Rogers is yet to acknowledge he'll be attending camp. On the other hand, his buddy, Mr. Hawk, AJ, has come out and says he can't see him playing anywhere else. He's hung out with them in Montana and things like that. 
such a such a diva playing everybody. Um, you know, I was wonder. I I wonder sometimes is is he done and walking? I just don't see it. You know, I think he's just going to like be at the last minute and roll up like, okay, let's get things done. I've screwed with you guys long enough. Yeah, you know, without a suitable trading partner, and I mean, what would you give up? Especially since he is at 37, you know, with with Brady. It's a possibility, you know, that he could have five or six good years left. Who, who knows? Or he could just be a Hollywood guy. Or, hey, he could say, forget about Robert Griffin. I want to be the I, I want to be the face on TV. Terry Bradshaw, move aside. That that, that that's my gig. Whatever happens with A. Raj, you know it's going to be interesting, and you know everyone's going to be talking about it. But you know, so the camp starts the twenty eighth. I don't expect him around till if he does show up, it'll be like the fourth preseason game, or he may be even enough of a jerk and say, "Yo, man, I'm just going to roll out week one, and we're going to start rocking this thing." Woo! Okay, Cam Newton coming out once again and saying drafting Mac, Mac Jones was the right pick for New England. Come on, man. Stop it with that already. <laughs> Are you just saying you're a clipboard guy now and you're okay with it and you're no longer elite? Come on, man. I mean, yeah, I get you trying to, you know, be the politician and showing some growth. But can you imagine Brady ever saying that? Come on. Nope, nope. I mean, look at Rodgers. I mean, because they drafted, you know, uh, a Mr. Love. Look at all Look at all the headaches Green Bay is going through. Come on, Cam. We're just not buying this. What, what do you think about Lamar? You know, I think being stupid myself, playing football with the kids on a basketball court. You know, once again, like Mr. Bauer before, you're making big money and you stand to have another fat payday. Why would you put that at risk? You know, and I get you know, clapping back, but let's just face it, man. It's not like we're trying to dog you. We're just like saying, dude, you're very valuable. You know, what could happen on, on you know, cutting on cement? You know, it's good that he reached out to the kids and all that kind of stuff. And it was a good, you know, I mean, I'm torn on this one, like so many things. I mean, what he was doing was really cool, but... Putting yourself and your team, you know, in a precarious spot like that, that ain't so cool. That's just my take. Last thing, you know, I was watching Colin, you know, Coward this morning, and he was like going through his projections. And I just thought about the 17 game season, you know, and it's just, a, it's just an odd number when you see somebody being projected as 10 and 7 now as opposed to 10 and 6, which makes me think, what's considered a bad season now or a good season? Right, you know, is because it is 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 like nine and eight, the 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 eight and eight, you know, right? Is eight? I don't know. So is seven and ten now a bad season because we have the extra game, and you know, because there's no five hundred, so you're you're either nine and eight, you know, like yeah, it was okay, or eight and nine, like yeah, we were okay, or seven and ten, we kind of sucked. Don't even want to get the six and eleven. And 5 and 12, what that actually means. Going to be something that we're going to have to get used to. Okay, folks, let's get it on. It's TMA time. That time of the week where we hand out the large and complimentary size 
Bowls in the smelly varieties, named after Turd McCrory, a person so deserving of this award, named, being named after her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> or he, depending on, you know, we don't want to get in too much trouble here. But yes, it's it's Turd McCrory time. Where, we're like, where should I start? Oh, we're going to start with the England fans. And, you know, the we're going to be... Working overtime in the factory for all the illing that was going on, you know, at Wimberley over the weekend. No, no, yeah, I, I already went on a rant about it. Get, get busy making those stainless steel balls and go into the treatment plant to get as much poo as you possibly can because these people are deserving of it. I think Mexico fans are in the same category as well. You get complimentary balls. Enough of this nonsense already. You've been warned. You have a lot of your uh, sincere fans saying enough's enough already. Ooh, what a beautiful goal that was. Mr. Zardis coming off the bench and getting and, and getting that one back. It is 5-1 in the 70th minute. Just came off the bench a little like two or three minutes ago. Good stuff there. Okay. I think, you know, England and Mexico fans, I think we're going to give a large bowl to CONACAF for doing what it does best, allowing a legal substitution, you know, not keeping track of the El Salvador-Trinidad-Tobago match, which kind of a difference. You're not supposed, you know. As they say, when you get caught a calf, you never know what to ex what kind of shithousery to expect when you're dealing with caught a calf. You know, kind of surprised. I haven't seen anything too crazy in this match, but that's because I'm doing a podcast and I'm not listening to the audio. But yes, caught a calf, you deserve a still bowl for sure. I'm going to give Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm going to ding you for damaging the cup. Come on, man. There's illing and having fun in photo ops, but come on, man. The cup has to be sitting for repairs because you fools were acting a little too silly. We'll give you, we'll give, we'll pass some complimentary bowls around to the team there. And you know what? We're going to give one to Bryson for being such a drama queen. You know, I mean, this whole thing with Cobra, Caddy, Brooks. Just everything. It's just sort of like, you know, stop being such a prima donna and actually go out there and, you know, pile up some wins. It's supposed to be always talking about you as far as the shenanigans that happen off the course, you know, or something you did on the course that becomes, you know, discussion-worthy. Good grief. All right, folks. We have reached the end of another wonderful episode. So we talked about the COVID Chronicles. Things are getting a little sketchy out there. I mean, we're not going to say code red, but, you know, like I said L.A. County is requiring masks indoors again. So be safe out there because, you know, we're in deep in summer now. And the fun time, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to happen here with concerts and Football is just around the corner. So be safe, be sane, because you don't want this nonsense. In the meanwhile, just be cool. Enjoy an adult beverage and whatever forms of entertainment that you like. And we'll see you in a week or so with some more conversation and hijinks. Till then, peace out.